This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Before we sink our teeth into a little AFC hierarchy in mid-May, some headlines to kick around around the NFL. We touched on Tim Tebow a little bit in an episode earlier this week, but now there are rumblings, Kellen, that Jacksonville's locker room ain't exactly too, too thrilled with Urban Meyer giving his old buddy Tim no. Tebow a one-year contract. No, apparently not. Um, I guess on the Pat McAfee show, he said yesterday that um, what he's hearing, and, and Pat is definitely plugged Probably in. He's a former player. Probably the most connected media member to NFL players Absolutely. these days. I mean, let's be honest, he has an NFL player on his show almost every day. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, so, AJ Hawk is yeah. on his show almost uh, is on his show pretty much every day. He has a weekly interview with Aaron Rodgers. Right. Uh, he's, he's pretty connected. He's connected as it comes. Um, he said that it has ruffled some feathers, and um, I wonder why. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of people have called it an embarrassment, and I don't know if I'd go that far. At least he's played in the league before. But again, he's thirty-four years old. He's never played tight end. He never played it in high school. Never played it in college. And then when he got to the NFL. When Tim Tebow was a quarterback, you know, when when teams realized after they won the playoff game, after Denver won the playoff game, and they realized, okay, we won a playoff game with this guy, and we still don't want him to play quarterback for us. We, we still don't think he's the answer. Why don't you move to, to tight end or H-back? And he I, never wanted to do it. I remember that year at Denver, too. Everybody was all obsessed with, oh, my God, Tim Tebow's leading him to the playoffs. The games were like 10-6 to 6 in the fourth I quarter. I think one game that he won, he was one, he was two of eight for like 12 yards 12 yards passing in an interception but still won the game. It was always late. Two of they eight. always win in the fourth quarter and it was always like a one score game because their defense was awesome that year and mm-hmm. no one gave them credit. It was all Tebow. Well, that was right Tebow! before that was right before Peyton Manning came in. It's, Tebow, it's all about Tebow. It's the it's same like, defense no, it's that Peyton Manning. It's not all about Tebow. Your defense is elite. Like, same defense that Peyton Manning had that, you know, all you had to do was put in Peyton Manning and get rid of Tim Tebow. You're, Super Bowl. you're in the Super Bowl. Twice. Twice. And right. winning one of them. And it's just like, uh, yeah, it was so skewed as far as Tebow back then. He should have tried to be a tight end right out of college. Right out of the gate. Uh, right I out mean, of the gate. If he did the Taysom Hill route, he's he could still be in, in the, the league NFL, right now, yeah. and he's probably established. I don't mind the fact that right out of college he wanted to play quarterback. Uh, yeah, but, okay, but I guess. once after a year or two, I mean, hell, like I said, the Bronco, you win a playoff game with the Denver Broncos, and they still don't They're want still you to like, be the we starter. Need a quarterback. Right. Like, that should tell you everything you need to know, that maybe I shouldn't be a quarterback in this league, and... I'm built like a brick house. Why not try to play a different position? Hell, he was, you know, when he ran the ball at, at, at uh, Florida, he was he basically was a fullback end. tight yeah. end anyway. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, like that was his running style. Hearing Urban, he talked with Chris Collinsworth on, I think, Chris Collinsworth's podcast about the whole tryouts at T-Bone and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he said that his guys tried him out first and Urban wasn't even there. And they came to him and were like, you know, Good. This guy's got some ball skills. Like he's put in a lot of work. He looks good. And Urban was like, okay. And then he went and saw him. Went through the workout in front of Urban. Urban and his guys said that they they gave him a couple of things that they wanted him to work on. He came back a couple of weeks later, completely worked on all of those things. And you know the the staff was like, this guy is checking all the boxes for us. And Urban told them, look, this is the hardest worker I I've ever known in my life. Okay. If there's a guy to take a shot on, this is a guy to take a shot on. Uh. 
And it's just, I find it really hilarious how Urban went out of his way to stress that on two of the three workouts, he wasn't there. You know, kind of trying to get in front of the, well, everybody's going to think that this is just a friendly hire and that I'm doing a favor for a guy. So let me make sure that they know that, hey, I wasn't even there when they worked him out at first. These are my staff. This is my front office. Well, Urban, here's the thing. If your staff convinces you to sign Tim Tebow and Tim Tebow is an absolute joke, you need to fire the people that told you that. I mean, this is a huge risk for a first-year staff, for a first-year NFL head coach to take. Absolutely. This isn't someone who's established that's handing out favors right now. This isn't Bill Belichick deciding that, hey, Tom Brady, you want another contract in your, when you're 58 years old? Yeah, come on down to New England and we'll sign you for a, a season to be a back. Like, this isn't a favor, a coach that's earned his ability to hand out favors. And I get where McAfee's saying that there is a little bit of, you know, angst in that Jacksonville locker room because this is a move that just it's kind of a clown show move a little bit and you know they're talking about it on first take right now has Urban Meyer's credibility already been damaged and it's definitely taken a hit absolutely I mean there's no question like when you take I mean okay he's the hardest worker in there whatever okay great he hasn't played football in six years and he's never played tight end how is this going to work like, the only reason that you've brought him in is because you have a connection with him. And let's not act like he hasn't had his fair shake. Right. When he left Denver, he went to Philly, New York, and New England to try mm-hmm. out, and they all said no. Like, yep. he's never been worked through out, right? the ring. It's not like Denver cut him and no one else gave him a shot. He's had multiple chances. He can't get off a practice squad. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, he hasn't played football in six years, and he hasn't played a regular season football game in nine years. How in the world is this? And he's, he like I said before, he's had every opportunity when he played in the league to switch positions to tight end, to H-back, to something of that degree. You don't think Belichick said no. brought, brought that up to him when he was in New England's camp right. for that one-off season? You don't think Belichick was like, we'd love to use you on some packages here where you can run out and run yeah. a quick little button hook and Brady will get you the ball? And he probably said no. Yeah, and he said no. I, I, why now? But who, yeah, but who is Tim Tebow to kind of have the pride to say that's not what I'm here to use. Yeah, I mean he's one of the for. best quarterbacks in college football history. That's it. In college football history, congratulations. This is the big swallow leagues. that ego. Yeah, seriously. Taysom right, Hill was able to swallow that ego. I mean, I Taysom know he Hill wasn't, wasn't as successful, Tebow, but still, he was a quarterback you, at BYU. You, you adapt if you want to survive. You have to adapt. Terrell Pryor had to adapt. Twelve Pryor had a twelve Pryor had a one thousand yard year as a receiver, and, and you know he was a lot more skilled at the quarterback position huh. than Taysom Hill was, and a lot more skilled than Tim Tebow was at the quarterback position. Especially the Tebow NFL was level. a better college quarterback, but as far as playing the position at the level prototypical of the NFL, Terrell Pryor was a better yeah. prototypical quarterback. But both he, of them beat the Steelers, he, by the way. He knew. Yeah, <laughs> never forget that ninety-eight yard run from uh. Terrell Pryor. But he knew he had to become a wide receiver yep. if he wanted to make it in the NFL. Yep. He didn't quit, and then six years later become a tight end. He said, "Okay, your road is done as a quarterback. Let's go into the offseason training as a wide receiver." And Pryor said, "Yeah, okay." And yeah. I want to be a wide receiver. The Jets. I think it was a thousand yard season for the Jets, right? When Terrell Pryor was there, or one I of think the teams it was that Cleveland. he played for. He, he bounced around for a couple yep. of years and found himself a solid NFL career as a wide receiver. His girlfriend is completely insane and stabbed him. But other than that, <laughs> Terrell Pryor had a great go yeah. of it once he made that transition. And it's something that Tim Tebow is going to try to do as well. But it, I can definitely see the angst around yeah. the locker room. And quickly, too, I brought this up before we came on. Um, there, there's a lot of this going around is that Tim Tebow needs to play in three football games and three NFL games this year to qualify for a pension in the NFL. Mm. Um, and that's something maybe that... I smell look, a favor. I'm not saying that Tebow's a dumb guy for doing this. I'm not saying that, 
you know, I would take if advantage of that too. Someone's your contract. I mean, yeah, how to I sign mean, look, it? I, yeah, no, this I'm, isn't I'm on Tebow. This isn't on Tebow at all. No, like I'm not expecting Tebow to sit there and be like, "There's other guys that deserve a shot." Right? Like, screw that. If a contract's in front of me, I'm signing it. Yeah, like, I mean, if a contract's in front of me, if Urban yeah. Meyer wants me at my six foot, two hundred and ten pound frame coming in and being the backup tight end for the Jaguars this year, I'm signing the contract. I mean, it's not yep. on Tebow at all. No, it's not. Uh, and uh, I mean, he's three games away from apparently receiving this pension. Um, and on average, retired players receiving an, aver- an average annual pension check of about $43,000 in 2014. I know that was in 2014. It might have gone up a little bit. But do you think he they, even needs it though? I mean, no. like he's he's an anchor for ESPN on yeah, college, college game days on SEC Network. He's like their guy for the SEC Network. Like, what are you like, doing trying to get extra? I mean, I, I guess I don't blame him. It's the hustle. I mean, I guess he is doing what he needs to do. But and if it does work out, great. And if he plays a full season, great. But I mean, I think anyone sitting here, you know, it, hey, if you, you just have to do this job. 30% of the time, you know what I mean? Like for a year and you get a pension, you get paid for the rest of your life, which Tebow's, I mean, he's obviously going to be fine. Yeah, money, I don't think but... it has to do with the money. I do think that that's definitely an interesting wrinkle to it. Yeah. But, I, you know, I really think Tebow sits there and it bothers him that he never was able to pan out in the NFL. Yeah, probably. I, he sits there and he goes, I won the Heisman, two national championships, considered one of the best college players of all time. Top five, I think, no question about it. Uh, just player overall in the college sports history. And, and he's sitting there thinking, I busted in the NFL. Yeah. I don't want to be a bust in the NFL. And I think I mean, that he's still going to be a bust. I feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe not. I, I mean, mean, I just don't get the idea. Like, I don't understand the media hype and everyone making such a big deal. Well, about I mean, it's it. on first take right now is literally all Tebow time. And right. It's just like, we're talking about a third string tight end. To be right. Honest. I like, mean, it's, it's all, it's just crazy. I, I feel I, bad for Trevor Lawrence. I do too, because he's, you know, I feel bad for Jacksonville fans. Cause now they can't focus on Trevor Lawrence. Right. They, they should be enjoy, excited. They can't just enjoy having this, yeah. this, you know, prodigal. They quarterback. Picked their fr- they picked the best quarterback potential wise. that's ever graced the, the Jacksonville city. And, Less than a week later, it's already Tebow time. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little frustrating. Right, right. I believe, or you know, it could go on the other side of the coin. Maybe this is brilliant by Urban taking all the pressure off. The off of no one's Trevor talking Lawrence. about Trevor Lawrence. He can just focus on football. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it, it might be. I don't know. That might be the case, but it's just frustrating. I, I just don't. I don't understand the the blind the blind faith people that that come to Tebow's expense. Like, oh, this is going to work. How do you know? How can you how can you say that it's that you know for sure? It was the same thing when Tebow played quarterback. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is going to work out. He's great." No, he's not. I mean, yes, he he won a playoff game and okay, great. But at the same time, you know, there's just people that that follow you know the story and everything and the blind faith, which is fine, but I mean, he's never played tight end. How, how old is he now? 30, 34. 34. 34, Jeez. I think. I mean, he's 34 years old and he's never played tight end. Like in high school, even in the interview with uh, Collinsworth, Urban was like, oh, "You know, he's in great shape." People say he looks like he's in eight, eighteen-year-old shape, not twenty. And then he stopped himself and was like, "Uh, thirty-three. Like he yeah. was trying to think to himself, is he in his mid-twenties? Oh no, he's in his early thirties. Yeah, like right. he's towards the end of his career, no matter what." Uh, I hope Tim Tebow likes tea and crumpets, though, because some other NFL news announced today: going back to London, baby. Yeah. Two games in London, October tenth. The Atlanta Falcons and the New York Jets will square off in London town. 
the Jaguars will face off against the Dolphins a week later on October 17th. The London Jaguars. Every time there's a game in London, Jacksonville's the Jacksonville's there. Just there. move to London already. I mean, just move to London already, mm-hmm. Jacksonville. We know Tony Khan wants to so, so badly. Just do it. I mean, enough of this one foot in, one foot out. Oh, we're going to play a game over in London every single year. Yeah, just just do it. Just pull yeah. the trigger. Move to London. I mean, I think that's something that they want to do, and, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen. They definitely – um, they, they definitely want to. I mean, they play in London almost every year, like you said. And again, I think I could be wrong here, but I think the cons, the uh, the owners of the Jags, um, they part own like a, a a Premier League team, I think, over in London too, or in in Britain somewhere or something. I so. And so again, that might be part of it too, is that they have that connection, have two teams that play in London or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I, I don't even know if I like the London games. I, I the only part I like about it is when it's nine a.m. and you wake you up wake and up the and there's football are, the Jets on. Jets are right. playing the Falcons. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess that part of it's cool. You have football literally wall to wall all day from the point you wake up to pretty much the time you go to I bed. I wonder what that's like working working that kind of game. On uh, our end, the Steelers were in it. I think twenty thirteen year or two. Yeah, a couple years before we I got here as me being the senior wonder, ranking member of you two jabronis <laughs> in this room. but What was that schedule like? I would enjoy it, though, because it would be a novelty. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Because like, it it's doesn't happen every week, fans. but we get up at 6 in the morning to come in and start the pregames, and it'd be it'd be a novelty, so it'd be enjoyable. And then when the game's over and your post-game's you're done at, at like one thirty in the yeah, afternoon, you're two like, o'clock. wow, this is great. Yeah, I can watch all, so all the games. It would have been interesting. Uh, but, yeah, the London games are coming back this year in the NFL. And finally, before we get to a quick little AFC hierarchy, Latest team to be kicking the tires on Aaron Rodgers. The rumors, the Las Vegas Raiders have some heavy interest in Rodgers. The interesting Doesn't part shock, about the Raiders, shock you at all. interesting part about the Raiders, is if I'm the Packers, Derek Carr in return, along with a couple first round picks. Now Would that's be something that's not return, terrible. Yeah. I don't think there's another team out there that's going to be able to give you another quarterback as well as a couple first round picks that you can plug in and be your starter ASAP, like the Raiders would be able to with Derek yeah. Carr. I mean, right? And I mean, like I, the Broncos. No thanks on Drew Locke. You know what right. I mean? So this it's interesting to hear the Raiders kicking the tire. I send two first-round picks in Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers today and make, yeah. make them say no. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I think I still think Green Bay could be definitely competitive even with— That's what I mean. Yeah. I think that they could still—they're still right. Th- with Derek Carr, it's them and the Vikings won too. Right, and they still might make the playoffs with yeah, Derek Carr. Exactly. It depends on what Matt LaFleur can do without Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, obviously that's, you know, that's the worry, but at the same time, like— if you bring, if you trade, you know, just two first round picks and Derek Carr, or yeah, and Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers, like you're not really changing all that much. I mean, yeah, you're changing a Hall of Fame and quarterback. It, for, I think it's a good trade for the Packers. It is a good. You I mean, I think it's a good trade for yeah. You get uh, two first round picks and you still have Jordan Love. So I think right. it would set the question up is, great. would Rodgers do it? Would Rodgers say look yes at, to Vegas? Say yes and say yes to Gruden. That's the big problem. Do you think he likes the West Coast? Do you think they would butt heads at all? Yeah. I think big personalities. I think he likes the West Coast. Uh, I think Vegas checks. It's a fun town, so I think that checks his box to warm weather. But it's the Gruden thing. That's the problem. If it was maybe Del Rio still coaching the Raiders or someone, you know, a little less extravagant, maybe he's all in on that. But, yeah, Gruden and... Uh, they good butt heads, but couldn't it also go the other way where Gruden's just like, hey, man, Rogers, right. guy, man, he <laughs> get out there and just throw that football around, man. You're, you're the best. Like, it could go either way with that. <laughs> I got you, Josh Jacobs. So I, just, I just brought in Kenyon Thanks, Drake. Man. I mean, he's got options. Yeah, I mean. And, he's and, got Darren Waller. He's got a good tight end there. I mean, I, I'm blanking on, I think they have Nelson Aguilar. I can't really think of any other, any other receiver, but. 
it could be the Rodgers effect where, you know, Devontae Adams is a good receiver, but he's made elite with Aaron Rodgers. Is Nelson Aguilar, a decent wide receiver, made elite with Aaron Rodgers? No, no Nelson ball. Aguilar, actually. They did get rid of him, but they do have Henry Ruggs the third. Henry yeah. Ruggs, who was a high draft pick last so year. Potential to be number one. But other than Darren Waller and Ruggs and Renfro and Brian Edwards. Huh. But Josh Jacobs still... and Kenyon Drake. I and mean, John it's... Brown. Oh, they brought in John, John Brown. John Brown's All not right. ter- terrible. No. But yeah, it would still not be the best receiving room no. for Aaron Rodgers. No, I hear you, but it's I mean, not it... much different than the Green Bay rooms subtracted from uh, on all pro. Devontae Adams. Yeah. yeah, boys, really quick. Um, I know this isn't exactly where we're going, but I just saw this on Twitter. The NFL uh, sports books have kind of already released lines on a on a few of the Steelers games. Plus six. Steelers are plus six and a half right now to the Buffalo right Bills. Around, I knew it was going to be right around that touchdown. Yep, uh, plus six and a half. That and is a lot of points. A lot of points, and they're pl- they're plus two twenty five on the money line. I, know, I would take them the plus six and a half. I yeah. mean that's a ton of points. Tomlin isn't going to lose by. He might lose by a touchdown, and that would screw you there. But like he's not going to lose by more than seven. Right. Yeah. Um, two other games that have been released thus far: the Jets and Panthers. The Jets are a four-point dog to the pa- the Panthers, um, and and Cowboys Bucks. The Cowboys are six-point dogs to the Tampa Bay wow, Buccaneers. Wow, really? The Cowboys are less of an underdog than the Steelers are to the Bills. Yeah, that's well, kind of that surprising. Make much sense to me, honestly. Yeah, but that's a little little weird. But yeah, those are the first three that have been released thus far. I figured I'd throw that out there right now in May. Pittsburgh is a six and a half point dog to. Well, right now in May, how does the AFC shake out in our minds? The AFC hierarchy as it stands after the draft heading into the stretch of rookie OTAs this weekend. I think at the top, it's a no-brainer. I mean, the Chiefs are still king, and they're going to be king until someone can knock them off of their perch. There's just no way you shake it where I could put any of the teams I'd have at two or three ahead of Kansas City. Back-to-back AFC conference champions – Super Bowl winner in 2019, Super Bowl runner-up in 2020. Maybe the best team in all the NFL hierarchy, but without a question, the number one team in the AFC, the team that everybody has to beat. The path to the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City, and it has for the past couple years. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think there's there's still the best team, and it doesn't look like, at least this year, there's any signs of it slowing down. Um, I, I illustrated, you know, when you look at the Steelers playing uh, the the Chiefs later in the year. I mean, even with a good cornerback group, how do you how do you slow down all of the pieces they have on offense? They have five capable um, offensive threats. I mean, they have three or four in the receiving game. They have a good running back. You know what I mean? Like even even like their fifth guy in the wide receiver room goes off. It feels like every other week. Um, it, it's tough, man. And again, Mahomes, as we've said before, I mean, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen play. I know he's only been in the league for three years now, but he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. And if he stays healthy, I mean, that's obviously the key. He hasn't really had a huge injury yet that has, you know, kept him out for an extended period of time. But as long as he's healthy, man, that team is just – they're a wagon. And, like, it's either jump on or get the hell out of the way. Uh, Yeah. I mean, what what can can add to it? No. I mean, we've we've done a a segment in the past about – would you bet your life on the Chiefs and the and the Buccaneers making it back to the Super Bowl, both of them? And it's, I mean, we'll get to the NFC shortly, but there's no reason to believe that the Chiefs can't make it back for a third year in the row. They are just that they are just that for certain of a sure thing. I got the Browns at number two. I think the Browns are a better team than the Buffalo Bills. I think the defense looks better than Buffalo on papers right now. 
Uh, I think it's real close. I think they're neck and neck. Do you think it's because of the Iwosu Koromora steal that you're really high on them? It's the I think it's more the John Johnson and mm. uh, Jed Devion Clowney signing because mm. it's a rookie, so you never know how he's going to pan out. And the book on Carmo is he is small, and you have to use him in the correct way. So there's still a little bit of doubt there, even though he's probably going to be their starter week one. But I just feel like the Cleveland defense is so much better this year as opposed to last year. They run the ball incredibly well. Their receiving core matches up with Buffalo's extremely well. They have the uh, edge the Bills do at the quarterback position, but, I mean, Baker Mayfield can certainly close that gap with a really good year this season. So, yeah, I think the Browns are the number two team right now in the AFC. Yeah, you make a good uh, good argument for it. I, I don't think I can— Three being the Bills. Yeah, I don't think you can argue either way, whether you have the Browns at two or the Bills at two. Either one of those teams, I think you can make a solid case for it, two or three. I'll make the case for Buffalo. I just have more faith in Josh Allen than I do Baker. That's fair. I think it's, yeah, it's fair not enough. it's not like you have to elaborate much more on that. It's just like a, a, a team kind of relies mostly on its head coach and quarterback. And right now, I think pretty much what Kevin Stefanski did with Cleveland is a is a great testament to his ability to coach a team. But I still think Sean McDermott's a good coach. I don't know which one is that much better, but I do believe Buffalo has the edge with Allen over Baker. I just saw this on Twitter too, boys. According to sources, the Packers. Are going to host the Browns on Christmas. Ooh, that's what? a really good Christmas. I thought there was supposed to be a whole show. Yeah, I don't know. Tonight and now they're just releasing now just all leaking. these. Yeah. I get leaking the first week. I but guess like, why leak the London games and the Christmas games? Why Christmas Day? Those like, are what people are waiting to see. Those are the big ticket. You games. know what the problem is here? It's the Shefters and the Rappaports of the world. Right. These guys are so the plugged in, so they hear all these stuff before they become official, and they blow it for the league. If I was the league, I would call them in the office and be like, guys, I get your job is to break news. Can you not do it on nights where we have events right. scheduled? Like during the draft, you're not even watching the TV. You're, you're just, watching Shefters' you're Twitter You're refreshing account. Twitter's. It's yeah. the same problem in the NBA. Uh, what's his With face? Adrian Wojnarowski. He yeah. tweets every pick five oh, yeah. seconds before the picks oh, yeah. are made. It's annoying. It it honestly is ruining the product. And if I was the league, I'd be like, no tweeting picks. Like, you can't yeah. tweet picks until our TV broadcasts announce them. Right, and that's what's happening is teams are leaking information out, and these guys are just running with it and sending it to the public. But uh, fourth place AFC, this is where it kind of gets. There's a bunch of teams that I think kind of get into a logjam here. I want to say the Dolphins, but I'm just not really sure about Tua. I think I'm going to go with the Colts. Yeah, you know, I think Carson Wentz. Jury's still out on him, but then again. It's unbelievable how quickly the Eagles pulled the plug on that guy. He really only had one bad year last year, and that was just an eh year. It wasn't terrible, terrible. He's been really good every year prior to that, even though the Eagles haven't had success since that Mm -hmm. Super Bowl season where he was going to be the MVP before he got hurt, and Nick Foles led them to the promised land. But, yeah, I think Carson Wentz is still a very solid quarterback in the NFL. He's with the guy that had him playing at an MVP level now in Frank Reich in Indianapolis. And – Eagles roster versus Colts roster, Colts roster all day of the week. So I, I think he's in a much better situation, and I think they'll win the AFC South this year. And I think right now I have him as the number four team, and it's interesting because number five, either Dolphins or the Titans, Tennessee, yeah. and I think that's real close between those two. I probably just lean towards Tennessee because, again, I really don't know what two is going to look like, but if Tua can play at a level where mm-hmm. it's not even elite, but it's just he's a good quarterback, he they can could be as games, high as number right. four, number three yeah. even as far as the hierarchy. They could, and I think, you know, at number four, I think I would agree with you. I think it's whoever wins that the division. South. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. 
Um, both of those teams are still playoff teams. Yeah, I think they're both still playoff teams, no doubt. And, and where does that leave Miami? Because I think they will make they the playoffs. They are a playoff team. Um, where does that leave L.A.? Right. And uh, where does that leave the Ravens? Sure, sure. And then where sure. does that leave the Steelers? Yeah. It's a very deep conference. It is. I mean, we've listed, what, five teams off the top. We're already at five. There's only yeah. two playoff spots left. And right. there's teams like the Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, and Chargers that we haven't even mentioned yet. Right. Four teams fighting for two spots. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, not it's tough. For, I mean, let's not forget the Broncos could be good. I mean, if eh. they, I'd rather say the Vegas Raiders could be good over Broncos. Who would be better if the Broncos get Rodgers? Yeah, really good. Who would be better? I mean, I think if you if even if the Raiders are without Aaron Rodgers and it's the Broncos who get him, I still think you can include Denver and Vegas. Yeah, I think Vegas with Carr is going to be a team that's on the fringe. Mm -hmm. They were on the fringe last year. Just will they have a end of the season collapse like they did last year? We didn't even mention the Patriots who could very well be a fifth team that throws their hat in that ring fighting for those last two yeah, spots. So, true. You know, guys, honestly, I'd put the Dolphins in front of the Steelers. If you want to say the I'd Dolphins, the Dolphins are at six, the I'd put the Dolphins there. I'd put the Dolphins higher than six. I'd put the Ravens in front of the Steelers right now, so I'd put them at like seven right now if we're going off of just what I think. I'd maybe put the Chargers in front of the Steelers right now. That's, depends on real close. Depends on what Herbert can do in his second year. But – just to kind of put a bow on this whole thing, like as it stands right now, the Steelers in my mind are seven, eight, nine in that range mm. as far as the AFC hierarchy is concerned. That's concerning. Yeah, mm. it is. Yeah. It's a team that won the division last year, flirted with the one seed all season long. You know what I mean? Ended up yeah. getting the two seed and now they're gonna be fighting for a playoff spot. I think that's what everybody is expecting, is they're a fringe playoff team that's gonna have to Steal some wins if they want to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean it's it's not exactly. But the I do best. put the Steelers in front of the Patriots. Yeah, for I mean, now. For now, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, and then if Mac Jones takes over or something like that, maybe that changes. But you know, we'll see what happens. And again, like you said, Tom, it's not exactly um, the the best endorsement for the Steelers when you're talking about you know five teams off the top of the head that are already better than you, and there's only two playoff spots left and you're already going to be fighting with the Ravens who are, are really good. And we've mentioned Miami who's really good. You know, it, it's, it's tough, man. Good news is the Steelers play the chargers. Yeah. They got, true. A, little, they got a chance to, to beat a team that's probably going to be competing for a wild card with them outside of their division. Um, we have a couple minutes here. NFC side of things. Buccaneers clearly the number one team one. in the yeah. NFC. Uh, I think the Rams are going to pass the Packers as far as the yeah. number two team. Uh, Pack, trouble in paradise in Green Bay. You know, it's going to be uh, – Rodgers is great, but, you know, after this tumultuous offseason, it's going to be hard for them to just win football games. And I still think they're a top-four team in the NFC with Aaron Rodgers, but I, I think the Rams are ready to pass them. I, I think that the Rams with Matt Stafford are a real tough team, and I, I think Rams and Buccaneers are the one-two right there. And then maybe Packers follow at three um, – only because there's really not much after that. You know, as no. far as how deep the AFC is, it's almost like you're starting to grasp for teams when you're filling out the NFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. No, I agree. And really quick, you mentioned the Rams. I mean, Dallas might be four, honestly, at I this point. I don't know if they are, are they four. Be. I mean, if you're just going by, like, the, the division winners and then the wild card, sure, i put them at four. But if you're going by actual talent. That's what I mean, just actual talent. Oh, I wouldn't put them at four. I don't know, though. Like, so you got Buccaneers, Rams, Rams. Packers. Yep. Then they're better. They could be better than Seattle. They could be better, than, they could better, be better than, than Arizona. Seattle. Real quick, too. I'm looking. I saw this earlier today. The Niners are the favorite to win the NFC West right now. What? Really? Yep. They're above plus, the Rams. They're plus one eighty five to win the West, and the Rams are plus one ninety to win the West. That's absurd. 
The Rams uh, yeah. are definitely the favorite. The, the Niners are the underdog in my I, mind. They're I the hear least you. favorite to win. The, the Cardinals division. are not the least. The I would Cardinals, say the Cardinals are the least. Really? The Cardinals yeah, are plus I think 600. the Niners are better than the Cardinals. The Niners are better than the Cardinals, Woo! I think. He's going to lose his job if that's the case. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury is a dead man walking. I, didn't we say on the coaching hot seat yeah, he's episode, I said he's a dark horse. In Seattle, just real quick, plus 270 to win the West. That's value. That's I would take Seattle because of the value there. Because yeah. they're... I mean, second best in my mind. It goes Rams. In my mind, it goes Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, Niners. In Jacob's mind, it goes Rams, Seahawks, Niners, Cardinals. I think I lean more towards the way you. But you either think, way, Tom, it's, but still, all it's still three a of tough us are Rams, division. Seahawks. As far as yeah. thought, that's absurd that they have the Niners as the favorite. Yeah, plus one eighty-five. Wild. That's wild, wild, wild stuff. Tom, here's a question: Do you like talent-wise Minnesota or Dallas? Yeah, wow. probably Dallas. They're probably better top to bottom. They got a better quarterback. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Nope, that no Prescott's question. head and shoulders above Kirk Cousins. Okay. Uh, Atlanta. That's the weird one, right? That's Every year weird. I want to pick Atlanta to make the playoffs, and I think they're on paper a playoff team. And then they go four and twelve. We'll see how it goes this year. But on paper, they should finish second in that division. They should be better than the Saints. They should be a six or a seven seed in the playoffs this year. But again, it's Atlanta. So we'll yeah, have to Detroit see could be a dark horse too. I mean. So could Chicago. So Chicago. Uh, Chicago was a playoff team Depends last year. Depends on how bad Matt Nagy screws up Justin when, Fields. When will Justin Fields play, I think, is the biggest question um, in Chicago. Real quick, Tom, Atlanta, you said, will they make the playoffs or plus 184 to make the playoffs? See, I, I think that they have a decent shot, too. And I, eh. But, again, it's every year. Ever since they went to the Super Bowl and blew it, yeah. every year after has been Atlanta's a contender. Yeah. Then not a contender, but at least a playoff team, and they just for whatever reason something just doesn't click there. Also, two more lines have dropped. Uh, the Jaguars one and a half point favorites over the Houston Texans. Trevor Lawrence could get his first that win makes there, sense. and uh, the Titans are two and a half point favorites over the Cardinals. That's gonna be a tough game. Arizona going to Tennessee though. Yeah, I, mean, I think the Titans would be able to handle them by a touchdown at the very least. But it'll be a fun offensive shootout. It's very clear which conference is best. Oh, oh very clear. The AFC is. We're, we're barely making it to the fifth team in the NFC. And we're Meanwhile, reaching for playoff teams. We're talking about the Falcons and Vikings right. trying to get them into the playoffs. Meanwhile, we're talking about 10, possibly 11 teams. In Meanwhile, the AFC. We're, yeah, and teams like the Ravens are catching on the fringe where if I put the, if I drop the Ravens in the NFC, they might be the third best team in my mind. At least the fourth best team in front of uh, the Dallas Cowboys or the Arizona Cardinals or whoever you want to put there, the, the Seattle Seahawks. But. Yeah, it's a much deeper AFC than it is NFC, and that's why I think the Buccaneers are going to have a nice little walk to the Super Bowl once again out of that side of the conference. Chiefs, a little tougher road to get through. But that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. We're dropping some fresh episodes again tomorrow morning in your face. All schedule recap stuff as the entire schedule will come out later tonight or sporadically throughout Unless the day. Unless Schefter as, releases as the whole thing on his own. But make sure you tune into that. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I am Tom Opperman. We will talk to you next time. Thanks, as always, for listening.